Airbnb was the largest IPO of 2020. They weathered the pandemic better than their competitors. They just beat their uh, first quarter gross bookings and revenue earnings expectations. And still, the stock is down 40% from its high just three months ago. And at least 10 analysts have cut their target prices. Yesterday, Airbnb's stock price dropped 6% after the lockup period expired. That's when insiders and employees are allowed to sell their shares for the first time. Um, and you know, I'm not an insider, but I bought pre-IPO shares in the private market, and that was pre-pandemic. I'm pretty sure I would have not done that if I knew the world was about to shut down, but that investment ended up working out, and I'm not selling it. And I know Chris loves Airbnb and bought shares uh, after they IPO'd, and Jordan's more of a VRBO guy. We're going to hear about that. But now that Airbnb is trading below where it closed on its IPO day, this might be Jordan's chance for a do-over. Today on Dumb Money Live, why we are doubling down on this beaten down recovery stock. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here, along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. We hope you enjoy your stay. To properly check in to this Airbnb episode, I, I need the first step. Click that like button. It's quick, it's easy, it's free, and it really does help us out with the almighty YouTube algorithm. Chris Jordan, in December, Airbnb priced their IPO at $68 a share. That first day, it shot up to more than double that, closing at $144. It made it all the way up to $215 in February, but now it's back down in the 130s. So, uh... Are you buying the dip? Dude, you just call, you called Jordan a VRBO, a VRBO guy. That is the biggest boomer thing I've ever heard in my life. Jordan, Jordan's a VRBO I'm going to address guy. it up front. No, I'm going to address it up front because that is exactly, that's the crux of my issue with Airbnb, right? And here it is. I'm going to lay it out. So here's the problem. <laughs> Everybody's fine with VRBO. Everybody's fine with Airbnb in VRBO locations. And what I'm talking about is in these certain like vacation type places where you expect to have rental properties, there's no controversy, right? All these properties are meant to be investment properties and people go and they vacation places like Florida, places, you know, like, uh, I don't know, close to the beat, maybe La Jolla and in, uh, in uh, California. I mean, there are traditionally these vacation hotspots that VRBO operates in, right? And those are not an issue. The issue with Airbnb, and we all know it, this is why I never invested in the uh, original Airbnb um, opportunity that Dave did, Chris did not, by the way, um, is that Airbnb I did on IPO. And the only reason that they can demand a premium is because they're trying to open up new markets in non-vacation rental places, right? And that is creating a big backlash among um, resident, right? And so we see this. So wait, it's a big can, can you not can you areas. not rent a house in a non-vacation area on VRBO? Is that just is that not a thing? I, I think, thought it no, was. No, no, no. I, I, you, I can, you can, right? I don't think there's anything holding you back from either listing or renting. I just think that that's the big Airbnb push and that's the big Airbnb value prop, right? That's where they see the growth because other than that, they're just another uh, they're just another OTA, right? So it's just, do you go to Airbnb or do you go to VRBO? And I'm talking about the traditional vacation place. See, but if you're gonna, I don't go see them as like just another. Michigan, I see them as the leader. I I see the, I see like I mean, think about that. Another. 
They're just another, but they're, they're the leader in getting you no. to go. You know, when you go to like Saginaw, Michigan, or someplace, it's not like a real rental place. That's there, like that's like saying Apple is just another phone company. It's there. It's in their tagline where they say "be a local," right? Where they're telling you to be a local. That's a great opportunity from a renter, but from the people that own next to these um, VRBO or you know, with these uh, okay vacation can, rental properties, say- they hate it. The, res- the permanent residence. Let's get jo- Jordan. Let's give Jordan some credit. I actually think what Jordan is saying is a totally fair and appropriate boomer perspective on Airbnb. <laughs> totally, totally appropriate. I, that's what I would expect the boomer perspective to be on Airbnb. First, I, I do want to say something first before we get into this debate because this is going to be a debate. And Jordan kind of has a point. Um, it, it, a lot of people were talking in the comments. I want to put this off to later. I promise you at the end of today's episode, I will address discovery. Everyone's asking about the discovery deal that we were in uh, with the AT&T merger. Uh, yes, I will discuss that. We will also disclose the amount of money that we're putting into the public portfolio for dumb money due to the commissions that we're getting on referrals from public. So that's going to be a number that I'm going to disclose later on today's episode. And we're going to talk about Robinhood. Some really big news came out on Robinhood just a few minutes ago. So all that's coming up later in today's episode. So let's not talk about it in the comments quite yet. Jordan, here's the thing, man. Airbnb is kind of like you understand more than anyone, I know you understand this, on the tech side, how certain companies, when they get to a certain level of success, they are just ingrained in their ways. They become so overly corporate, and it gets hard to do anything differently. Airbnb is simply in the – just view them as a startup in the space, okay? They are looking at this through a completely different lens, a completely different perspective in terms of how they communicate and recruit new customers how they recruit new hosts, how they engage with both their customers and their hosts. They are like light years different, I think, than VRBO or anyone else in the space in terms of building a community atmosphere of like, I want to call it like the gig working, the gig style uh, atmosphere of home rental, okay, versus the VRBO, which is the old boomer, uh, Gen X, and even older than boomer people that own homes that go through a professional uh, home management company, and they're just like, hey, do you want to list your home? They list it through VRBO because that's the old way of doing things. Technically, they can still get renters, but like, it's just it's just light years. It's so different in every regard, even for vacation homes that are in vacation areas. And I know those are the areas that Airbnb is maybe doesn't have the biggest advantage initially, because that's where the most homes already were with VRBO. So they had to kind of like steal those listings initially. Well, it's not just these that. other I mean, areas cross list, right? So anytime you get into one yeah. of those areas, homes are going to be cross listed because these guys are in, they, they're in business, right? And they don't want to miss out on any opportunity. So they're going to Airbnb fine. It doesn't really matter what they list on just as long as they get it out there and then they can get people coming in and running those. And properties. so what really matters then Jordan, what matters in that situation is, is the funnel, the consumer funnel that actually has the most people on it that are looking for that type of rental. Um, if you get more people coming in through VRBO uh, or HomeAway versus Airbnb, that that's that's the big question in those vacation markets, right? And and you're right about the, the whole vacation market thing. That's a very US-centric thing. VRBO, this is, I just pulled this comment up from Ross. 
nobody in other countries has ever heard of Verbo, right? So Airbnb is this international brand. I am leaving the country tomorrow for the first time. I get to go to Mexico. Can't go to Europe yet, but I'm going to Mexico uh, and I'm staying in a Airbnb property. So, I mean, it's um, it's like my go to now. I, I do check the hotels, but I really like being in neighborhoods and being a part of things. And so look, I mean, as, as the renter, I agree. So like for if you're looking for a short term rental, I would way rather be in a house than a hotel. So like I have from that perspective, I am all in on Airbnb. I just have the crux of knowing that they're having all sorts of problems with municipalities pushing back. Right. And it's not really municipalities because it's not a big deal to them. It's a big deal to the resident tax base. Right. And those guys are very yeah. upset about it because you homeowners get associations, you get that in. sort of thing. There was a study done and it, it was something like you get one extra 911 phone call per week or something like that um, in a in an area with. Uh, with short-term rentals, right? And so there, there are issues that pop up when you start introducing things into normal neighborhoods. You're right, you're right, Jordan, and that is still the biggest risk factor. That is the risk factor that that prevented me and you from investing in Airbnb as a private company when Dave got in. Uh, I, I no longer saw that as a big enough issue to prevent me from investing on their IPO day. One of the things I want to discuss uh, in this episode is the recent earnings call. I spent a lot of time dissecting that call, uh, dissecting the high points. I want to go over all of them um, because it was a really important call. I've actually been waiting for this earnings quarter uh, since the IPO. I had a lot of concerns about the lockup window on Airbnb. I really felt I had a deep understanding of the Airbnb employee base and the insider base in terms of the insane acceleration of valuation of that company over the past decade. Um, I just was very concerned about a sell at any cost, meaning no matter what happened at these levels, they were going to have massive, massive insider selling. Guys, that's exactly what we saw. This is the second lockup window that opened up. I think 40% of the shares had already opened up. These were the rest of the shares. Uh, we saw massive, massive volume in selling yesterday. And to me, I was like, finally, it's off the table now. Finally, it's off the table. Like that concern was my, that was the one thing that was preventing me from getting into Airbnb even more a few weeks ago, a month ago at 140, 150, right? Now it's at 132, 133. I'm going to tell you exactly what I bought later in this episode because I did kind of double, triple down through options. I'm going to tell you all the options I bought. But can we talk about, I don't know if you guys had a chance to go over the earnings trends. Can I talk about the highlights? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah talk about it's it. It's so, so important, okay? For those of y'all that didn't, didn't go through this transcript, I highly recommend you do. Um, here's what I found really amazing. And some of these points are kind of things that we already knew. Raise your chair. Um, you look like you're did, sitting in a hole. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm standing up. So, so did you know that Airbnb, let's just frame this, okay? Marriott has 1.42 million rooms worldwide. Hilton has 1.02 million rooms worldwide, okay? Airbnb has 4 million hosts with, get ready for this, 5.6 million listings worldwide, and they're just getting started, okay? So they already have well over double, almost triple what the two largest hotel companies in the world have in terms of room availability, okay? Now, here's what's really interesting. Uh, they have one more million than they've had in 2019. So just look at that growth in terms of new host, okay? Their focus right now 
is to bring even more hosts onto the platform. And on May 24th, that's next week, Airbnb is going to have a major announcement. The, they said that this is basically the biggest rework of their system, their platform, I think they've ever had, with a brand new way to onboard hosts quicker than ever before. And they are going to make it easier than it has ever been to become an Airbnb host. So Jordan, kind of what I was getting at when I, when I was talking about the differences between VRBO and Airbnb is they are changing the game of how easy it is to throw a room or to throw your house on the market for a day, a week, a month, or to permanently do this as like a gig economy type of thing for your house. In fact, um, what's really fascinating is that the average Airbnb host, okay, with a single listing is generating $8,000 a year off that single listing. Now think about that. That is five times more than the government uh, handouts, right? That ha what happened last year, right? In 2020, five times the rate. So we are going through a period, as I know that you guys know, because we spend so much time thinking about real estate, where second homes and real estate is getting so expensive. It is almost to the point of being obscene, where every real estate broker I talk to especially those that are working in markets with vacation homes and second homes are basically telling me that it's getting to a point now to where if you're buying at these prices, no matter what you do with that home, you are losing money on any rental market. Okay. So people are just getting insane. In fact, you know, our good friend, Lynn, he went to buy a, this ranch house in Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago. And he told me the ranch went up for sale for like, I don't know, it, it, like uh, it, like within one day, there were multiple offers and he was looking at it and it sold at like well over asking for a random piece of property in the middle of Oklahoma. Like this is turned so obscene. So think about it, guys. What's going to happen, it could happen right now or next year, but at some point, all these people or a portion of them are really going to take an active role in trying to cover their mortgage payments on these second homes. Maybe someone gets laid off. Maybe someone just has other uses for money. Now they're like, why did I buy that home? I think there's so much demand to start listing these, these homes out there, right? And Airbnb is doing what it takes. The things that, quite honestly, I do not trust Expedia. I do not trust Booking.com uh, booking to do these major, major game-changing things to make it such a light, airy process to make you part of the club of listing your home on Airbnb and to make it so easy to have your home listed on Airbnb, right? It's just, a, it's a whole different world. Like you mentioned um, these vacation homes and second homes being a primary target for uh, Airbnb to, to get additional listings. I don't think I would ever buy a vacation property unless it had income potential, right? I, yeah. For me, well, look, owning I mean, another property these, and having to maintain it yeah. doesn't make sense unless well, it's something that, that you basically single, can have for rental, free. Every single investment property like that, they the the rental income is baked in. So like if you go look at a home in Florida that's like within a mile from the beach, they basically along with the listing, they tell you what the income looks like, right? And so they give you like the nightly rental price and then what the seasons are and all this stuff. So like that's all part of the it's a big game right now. And so like there's no more greenfield 
you know, oh, I'm just going to go get this and turn it into a vacation. No, but I mean, that's already a market, right? It's already a market. And, and so that's really good, though, because that's kind of like a sticky thing that's almost become the norm now. So like this whole concept of Airbnb having millions of people, it's only going to go up, I think, not down because it's become the norm. You buy a house to rent it out. You know, it's like but again, so there's this industry. That's, that's my argument, right? So like, it's not like that because it, it, there's two worlds for Airbnb, right? The one world is that world where it's like you go and you buy this property it's by some you know tourist destination or some desirable place to be but then there's the rent the short-term rentals that are in neighborhoods and that's where the battles are all happening right and that's where that's where airbnb is probably having to spend a ton of money on attorneys to like fight yeah. especially in especially like manhattan has a problem san francisco they've had problems dallas they've had problems i mean they've all over the place i think somebody mentioned barcelona so there's a big fight in barcelona about all this stuff so um and that it, seems like actually really decide, like people go to barcelona they'd rather stay in an airbnb but now, you know, Barcelona is fighting them and some of the local residents are fighting them. And I think that's where the issue is, right? Because that's where their new market is. But the but all that VRBO type market, then they're just another OTA in that in that vacation. So yeah, I've it, stayed it, in an Airbnb in Barcelona and it was yeah. a fantastic experience. And while I was there, the residents of Barcelona were protesting Uber. And they were yeah. uh, basically had this big taxi cab walkout where you couldn't get a cab and or it, it was just like this, it, the whole city was gridlocked during that. Yeah. They're just a very outspoken group there in Barcelona. And I wouldn't say that that is like indicative of how neighborhoods across the globe are going to uh, react to Airbnb. Now, yes, there are residential neighborhoods that are going to have a problem with it. There are, there are the, you know, homeowners association type things around the world that that are going to have, you know, they're going to block certain neighborhoods, they're going to block certain things. But like I say, I'm staying in a very nice neighborhood, Mexico City, and I'm staying in a uh, in a, a building that has more than one uh, Airbnb listing in it, that just, just based on looking at the map and trying to figure that out. Um, so I think, though, there's three main things, and I did a whole video about this over on uh, Hey There Dave here, which uh, I will uh, plug, boom, travel boom, why, IP, <laughs> why the Airbnb IPO price was too low. And I will give you the uh, the Cliff Notes answer on on why that was. We have a travel rebound. We know that hotels great, air great. I think Airbnb is going to be a bigger winner. Um, we have nomadic living as just now that everyone realizes you can work from home and you can still get your job done and be remote and telecommute and maybe your job is going to allow you to be a little more flexible in the future you can do that from anywhere in the world and as soon as additional borders open up this show may be broadcasting live from uh somewhere in europe for the next six months right and then airbnb also is in the hotel game so that's that's kind of like a, a little little known fact. It's not just people's homes, but they also do. Um, they they bought a hotel or what is it? Hotel tonight. They hotel have tonight. the ability for you to book hotels through the Airbnb app. And so they, everything about this company has they've they've just they're, they're pushing travel in a new direction. And I think it's it, it's the future. Dave, can we, can we hone in on your second point? Because I think that's the biggest social arb, long-term social arb play with Airbnb. And I, it was on my list of things to discuss. Okay, so we're all about identifying change that maybe, maybe the market for one reason or another doesn't fully appreciate. One of those changes that I think is one of the most difficult types of changes for Wall Street to fully appreciate is when we see a massive change in just kind of culturally how we live. 
right? Like how we think as a people. And I think more so than ever, that change has taken place over the past year and a half. And it's exactly what you said, Dave. So part of the case that Airbnb has made is like business travel might never recover to where it was before. But, but... Um, that means that flexibility in the way that we live, in the way that we work, in the way that we travel has changed potentially forever in that we might not travel for business, but what we might do is we might be away from a company, but might decide to go visit that company's headquarters for a month, right? We might move to a completely different state and work from home, but then go back and visit that company for a month. And when we go back to visit that company for a month, we might be staying in an Airbnb. And by the way, little known fact, 24% of Airbnb, this is unbelievable. You know, 24%, that's one quarter, okay, uh, of their bookings are 28 days plus. That blew my mind, okay? So imagine it's, this, imagine it a is, world- That is, that is the nomadic I, living trend. That is the, I've chosen a de destination that I would like to spend some time and I'm planning to do this. As soon as I can get out of this country and go explore some places, being locked up for a year really made me want to get out and just, there's no reason to be sitting in this room. I could be doing this from the beach. I could be doing this from it, anywhere it, in the world. I have a I have a friend in LA who is moving houses, and he just told me yesterday that they're doing some construction on their new house. They are staying in an Airbnb for the next month. They don't have to. They could have been in their new home. It's a little noisy, but Airbnb has made it so easy. They have one they've stayed at before. They're going to stay there for a month while they're finishing up some work at their house. Our good friend Chase, he spent most of the last year literally he would live in montana with his with his fiance for a month and then he'd move to a different state for a month there are so many people that are like doing this as their full-time lives they might have an apartment or might live with their parents but they're not really living with their parents because they're living here for a month there for a month all at airbnbs and then wherever their company is maybe they go to the headquarters for like a couple weeks or a few weeks at a time so they can have their face-to-face -face contact. What I'm saying is the game has potentially changed forever. And what Dave calls nomadic living, I just call extraordinary flexibility in terms of your ability to pick and choose where you live, when you live, how you travel, where you stay, how you interact with your company. Um, it's just, it's a whole new world. And I think yeah. Airbnb is perfectly situated to take advantage of this. And getting back to their earnings call, um, you know, again, all of their growth, a lot of their growth last year has come from rural communities that don't even have a hotel. There is no competition. And v VRBO basically isn't even in these communities, right? So like they are the only game in town for a lot of these communities. And when you talk about cross-border travel where VRBO is kind of weak, did you know that is like one of their largest segments for Airbnb is cross-border travel. It like I'm trying to look at the number here. It was just a huge, huge part of their revenue mix. And it's almost completely been shut down. So all the numbers that Airbnb is doing, Airbnb, they're putting up numbers right now this year that are basically on par with 2019. Just to give you an idea, Expedia revenue this quarter was down 50%. Uh, 
Uh, bookings.com, excuse me, bookings.com was down 50%. Expedia was down, I think, like 44% year over year. They are so outperforming their competitors right now. And could you even imagine once cross-border and then the other biggest area, Jordan, for Airbnb is not rural. It's cross-border and it's city. City is where Airbnb yes. really flourished before the pandemic. Right, but that's, that's, that's been where the shut problems down. are, right, Chris? So that's where their that's where their biggest problems is in the city, right? They run into regulation with New York, right? Um, so you like in New York yeah. with an Airbnb, I think you're only allowed to rent out for like 90 days, right? So you can only have 90 days of that's actual. A lot, um, yeah. Not enough to really pay for the to pay for the space, right? I mean, you can't. I don't think you can operate a business like it. it well, it's, it's not. And it's not New about York. That's why I'm not buying and I'm not buying a condo in New York anymore because of that, right? I, I my only reason to own a second home would be if I can just have it for free. But the flexibility yeah. point that Chris was talking about—that is the reason yeah, the to point use. Though, is that Airbnb. they're looking they're looking at cities for growth, but the cities are fighting back. Like I mentioned, the, I read an article about Barcelona. I read a comment about Barcelona. We know New York. We know San Francisco. There are big cities that are fighting it. I just saw a local news coverage of a big fight in Dallas, right? And so the city of Dallas is fighting back against Airbnb. It's uh, listen. You're right, Jordan. It's the largest risk factor. So that's what it I'm saying. That's, so I'm just been. saying that there's a concern. I'm not saying that Airbnb is not great. I love the company, right? I'm just I'm worried about those things. Yeah, I mean, which is it, it, it's. It, I it, mean, that's that's. It's good to have these debates because yeah. you know you are more worried about that than than I am. Uh, but that is definitely a concern. That's that's one of the reasons that I wasn't sure about getting into these pre IPO shares. Um, but I think that the, you know, j j if you just fast forward a few years, think about how Uber was uh, this weird concept of getting into a stranger's car. And so it's, it, you know, it's, oh, it's, it, when, th when they opened up and, and Lyft just started having normal people instead of like professional drivers driving uh, black Lincolns, basically, that that was a big shift in, in thinking. And people are like, oh, that's never going to work. But then guess what? When was the last time you took a taxi? Yeah. And guys, I still take a so Uber amazing. Black, by the, way. It's the best. What's so amazing yeah. is if you look at, you know, their revenue, kind of like their high end revenue projections of where they're going to be in a few years, which is like theoretically like 10 billion or something like that at Airbnb, that's like 1% of, of the total addressable market globally. Like, so get remember, people just don't, we're, in, we're not accustomed to really thinking about startup companies that are fully global. Like Airbnb is a fully global company working in a space with one of the largest TAMs to total addressable markets of any industry. It's sick, it's insane. And not only that, we have a TAM that's potentially expanding massively over the next decade, right? So it's not like yeah. they're having to like steal from hotels. They're literally creating new addressable markets around the world that didn't even exist and only exist because of them. But the biggest secret, I think the biggest reason, other than our social art play on cultural change, guys, the biggest thing that I love about Airbnb that I think just goes is not fully respected is their customer acquisition model for hosts, okay? Imagine this. So Airbnb has been saying this every earnings call and still people don't appreciate it. Their number one goal is to continue to increase more hosts. Host, host. Imagine being a hotel where the only thing you have to do to add more rooms, you don't have to spend 600 grand a room like most hotels. All you need to do is get a host to raise their hand and spend five minutes signing up and you just added millions of dollars of inventory every time that happens, right? Yeah. Airbnb, 28% of their new hosts this last year came 
from their customer file, meaning people that had rented an Airbnb that then they already had an account with Airbnb. They've already experienced the process. They had a good experience and it was so easy for them at that point. And by the way, Airbnb is now marketing to them because they have a direct relationship with Airbnb. No other company has the ability to do that as well as Airbnb, meaning the more people that use Airbnb, the more the bigger the funnel for to expand Airbnb hosts. So now they're coming up with a way to make it so easy to become a host that they're gonna have millions to tens of millions of people that are potential new inventory channels for them around the world. That is just sick. One more stat for you. One more stat I wanna throw out. It's such a good one. 90%, this is sick. You know how Air, how uh, uh, Booking.com and Expedia get customers, right? We know that they're paying out the butt to Google and to Instagram and to advertising channels to get people to actually click on something where they can make a booking, okay? So like every dollar they generate, they're having to pay like some insane amount, like 60, 70% to like Google, all right, to, to get that book. It's so ridiculous. Now, Airbnb, 90% of their bookings are for free. They're totally organic. How sick yeah. is that? Because like Dave, when I go to book something on Airbnb, I'm not like going on a random site like Google and then, oh, Airbnb is not. I'm literally, I'm going to book it. Like, I'm just going straight to the Airbnb app. That's you either are going, you're, yeah. And and my thought, when I, when I book and when I travel, I look at hotels by Googling and trying to find hotels. And then I go to Airbnb directly to try to find the Airbnb. And as and far as VRBO directly. Which is fine if you want to. One out of three. One out of three. If you want to stay boomer, prefers VRBO. One. That's one out fine. of three. That's fine. right. Um, but I do know that uh, people in the audience want to stay at my house when I'm away, and I Airbnb is marketing to me, trying to get me to list my house, and I'm not going to do it. But I don't know if your city is allowed <laughs> to, but you definitely want to stay at Dave's house. It's. Awesome. I would. It is um, ridiculous. I would, I would stay consider. That too. Um, I would consider like if I were ever going to sell this house. Just like a year before I sold it, just putting it on Airbnb, yeah. if the city allows yeah, it. And see, I know that people in the way. city do it. I, I know that they do. You can zoom in on the map and find a, a couple of listings. The other thing, so we, we've talked a little about how the, um, the cross-border travel, they're basically turning in numbers without cross-border travel that is as good as, as they were getting in 2019 with cross-border travel. The other thing they had to shut down completely in 2020 that they uh, still, I, as far as I know, they have not reopened is the experiences. So um, yes. that's where like local hosts, instead of instead of renting out your house, you have a local host who's gonna show you the, show you where you, imagine going to Dallas and having Chris Camillo give you a tour of local bars and restaurants. That is only possible through Airbnb's experiences. And that's not something that VRBO offers that I know of. Um, let's address a comment from Ross Matthews. I think it's a good one. Listen, I know Chris does not look at valuations, but the biggest risk with Airbnb in my eyes is that $80 billion market cap. I cannot help think a lot of what you are saying isn't priced in. Okay, so Airbnb is going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be as big as we've been talking about it for the past couple of years, right? <laughs> Meaning it's going to take over the travel industry and become a pretty big part of what is one of the largest total addressable markets in the world with a more efficient model of generating bookings that long-term, long-term will generate huge EBITDA and put them on a level that booking.com and Expedia cannot 
uh, compete with, Marriott can't compete with, Hilton can't compete with, right? Um, that's long-term. It is a game changer because it's a lighter model with a network effect built into it um, and potentially huge customer loyalty where they're not having to pay to get people to come back over and over again like everyone else is. So if that happens, I think this valuation will seem uh, really small. Same way that you could have made an argument back in the day, I just can't figure out how Amazon uh, valuation makes sense. Well, it only makes sense if they literally take over an industry sector that has a monster TAM. And I think Airbnb yeah, that's will. So that's my bet. They're trading it like they're trading at uh, like 10x uh, 2022, 2023 revenue right now. So they've got to grow, yep. right? And so I think that's the, that's the number one argument um, against their current valuation. But they are growing, right? And so um, even even uh, even with the pandemic giving them a swift kick, they. Uh, they're proving they can they can grow. Now, can they grow into that yeah, valuation? And, we'll, we'll see. And, and listen, also you got to you have to remember that eight billion in revenue is less than one percent of the total addressable market. So it's not like they're it's not like they're anywhere close to kind of getting you know crowded too crowded in this space. And nobody can expand inventory like Airbnb can expand on on the inventory side. Uh, now there, you know, like I said, there are negatives, there are risk factors. One of them is Jordan has already outlaid the regulatory risk. The other risk factor we didn't really discuss too much is, you know, on short-term bookings uh, with inflation costs and everything else, it could get a little expensive with all the fees and and the housekeeping fees. And well, you start so adding the these thing. things so up a on a one or two night booking. John John Porto Carrero, I just butchered that name. I apologize big time. Uh, but he was talking about the viral tweet, and I saw it. That was. Um, Basically, that uh, you know the the booking fee was like ninety nine bucks a night, so that's like two hundred dollars. But with after all the cleaning and service and all these different fees, ended up being four hundred dollars for that Airbnb for two nights. So it was twice nights, the yeah. expected. Uh, and so that's you know that that that's yeah, but, just, but, but it, that depends on the VRBO too, right? Because they don't all charge. I think there was like a hundred and forty dollar cleaning. That seems pretty high to me. You you have to pay attention to those things when you're about to book. And it's the same on VRBO. They could range anywhere from like 60 bucks all the way to 150 bucks. Totally. Like, and so you just never know, right? And so that's just one VR that's one Airbnb. And I wouldn't I wouldn't extrapolate that to every Airbnb. Also, Jordan, when you combine the same big hotel taxes, plus now what we're paying resort fees have taken over the hotel industry. Yeah. We're now like it's insane well, how many right. resorts there are, right? Just a regular hotel. Well, yeah, is in California, I mean, in California, they all charge that resort fee, right? And it's crazy high. It's, um, but even so, even um, locally, right, um, with Airbnbs, I think the state, like in Texas at least, the state gets like a six percent um, hotel tax, and then the city is supposed to get a six percent. Also, sometimes Airbnbs are charging those things. Sometimes they're not. I don't think that there's. Um, a lot of oversight there. Um, and so there, there can be some discrepancies between the uh, listing prices there too. Hey guys, can I talk about my trade that I promised I would talk about? By the way, I'll remind everyone we're not financial advisors. This, this is really about what we're doing, how we see the trade. We always encourage our community to poke holes in our thesis um, and to do your own research and then ultimately make your own decisions with or without if you're a financial advisor, if you have one. Um, but this is not financial advice. We don't know your risk tolerance, right? But I did make a trade for my account. Uh, I, I have Airbnb. I've had them for, since the IPO date, but I added on 30, um, excuse me, 40 Airbnb October 15th expiration call contracts at the $120 strike price. I also add, this is more risky, but I, I, I felt I wanted to do some short-term options on this one only because I felt that there was a chance that once we kind of flush through this um, window, lockup window, 
that we do have this major event next week at Airbnb. I don't know what they're going to announce, but I think it, it could be an exciting event that people might trade into. Or if the news is great, even coming out of the event, it could be a, sti you know, a stimulus for uh, additional long traders to come into the stock. So I don't know. It's high risk, but I purchased some May 28th. That's next Friday expiring calls at the $130 strike. So I purchased 30 of those. So I have a total of 70 call options on Airbnb. Um, we'll see. Like I said, that's my trade. Do not, you know, do not, I can, I can sell out of those at any time if things kind of turn the other way, especially those short-term options. I don't know how and long I, I'm going to hold on to those. I didn't buy options because I don't know the timing, but this is a company that I like long-term and that this something that's going to be a part of my portfolio. So I bought another thousand shares this morning. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Uh, guys, I also want to say, and I got to go er a little early this show because uh, I need to purchase uh, Katy Perry uh, concert tickets for New Year's. Uh, my family, they go on sale in 12 huh. minutes. Uh, so I have to go. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, so, oh, Discovery. People are asking me about Discovery. So Discovery is a trade that we got in on. Their earnings I thought were great, but the market didn't like uh, the fact that their costs were going up so much, which I thought was pretty unusual that that, that was unanticipated. That just seemed, I, I had no issues with it, but the market didn't like it. Uh, so it dipped on earnings, which is unfortunate. Uh, I do not love the merger. I, I'm not saying the merger is bad. It just changes the trade for me. Uh, by merging with... Uh, you know, the AT&T uh, Time Warner merger, it gives them a lot more content. It gives them the ability to really go up and compete against Netflix. Maybe it's the greatest thing in the world. I'm not saying it's not. It's just no longer my trade, right? And so it, I, I can't trade what I was trading before because we're talking about a completely different company, completely different thesis. It might be good. It might be bad. It's just different. So I can't trust it. I have to reevaluate the entire trade now. So for now, I think I'm more likely to just trade out of discovery. Uh, I haven't done it yet. I sold some of my shares in my foundation, but I still have all my shares on discovery from my personal account. But I'm probably going to trade out of those at some point this week or next week. Um, I'll reevaluate the combination of Time Warner, which I think they own HBO Max too, right, guys, uh, and discovery. Maybe we'll do another episode. I just don't have an opinion. I don't have an opinion, so I have to exit the trade. Period. It's that simple, right? The trade's no longer valid. They 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 pulled this weird merger out of nowhere, and I wasn't anticipating it. I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. I would have preferred a standalone discovery for at least another couple quarters to see them ramp up as I anticipated they were going to ramp up. That's a subscription base. So that's do you want that. to talk? Do you want to talk about your uh, biggest? Uh, we're having people ask about tap. Your biggest trade yeah, right now, I yeah. believe. I did a lot of channel checks when I was in LA. Um, super interesting. Um, LA is definitely in the stores where they are carrying Topo Chico hard seltzer. It's definitely doing better than I anticipated, considering that LA is a market where I didn't think Topo Chico was really widely known. But they have a lot of big billboards out, so they're really making a push for LA. Um, I spoke and interviewed a store manager in LA uh, who told me that 
you know, it, he, he didn't say it was moving as well as, you know, White Claw and Truly, obviously. But I asked him, I was like, what do you think? Is it like at that level? Do you expect it to kind of be up there competing with those guys? He's like, yeah, I actually do based on early sales, uh, sell through of the product the last couple of weeks. And I saw one of the most massive, massive uh, end cap or even, I don't know if you call it end cap, island displays in the Ralph's grocery store on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, I don't know the like Martell is where I used to live. Sunset and Martell, it's like one block east of Martell on Sunset. The display was just insane, guys. They must have had oh. like 500 cases of Topo Chico right in the front of the store. So I didn't find out if that was paid for by Molson Coors or subsidized, or if that was a store decision. Um, if people can find, if you ever see an end cap. Or if you ever see a huge Molson Coors display and you happen to find the beer stalker or the manager of the store, you if you would just, just ask him, just be like, hey, just curious, because um, I'm a big fan of this drink. Is that like, did, do you decide to do that? Or does the company, did the company pay to like get that big of a promotion? Um, and then please add it to our Discord group, uh, dumbmoney.tv forward slash Discord. If you're not a member. Oh, I have exciting news, guys. We got our first check, like I told you, from uh public and a lot of you guys have signed up for a public account to monitor the dumb money portfolio which you own like we gave it to our community or you you will own the profits from that account and you'll get the vote on what to do with the money you guys make every week you get the vote on which stocks to invest in inside of our dumb money uh discord channel you get to vote on which high conviction stocks based on high conviction reports you want to invest in and we rebalance the account every week and if you sign up for public.com forward slash dumb money, or you can go to dumbmoney.tv forward slash public, sign up for an account. We get paid, we take the tax withholdings out, and we're gonna debit th that right into the dumb money portfolio and give it right back to you guys. So I have news the first check after taxes, I should be getting this check any day now after my tax withholdings, which unfortunately are the highest tax bracket, but fortunately we're in Texas, so I don't have to pay state tax on it. So that's saving us some money. Uh, I'm going to be writing a check or wiring $2,816.10 into the dumb money uh, public portfolio. So it was a $10,000 account. So the account just grew by 28%. Wow. And we didn't even have to make any trades. I mean, like, I think the account's <laughs> kind of doing okay. But um, yeah, 28% just based on you guys signing up for the dumb for public right uh, and which is free it's free to do but you have to sign up through the dumbmoney.tv forward slash public that's how you have to sign up so we get credit yeah. for it so please and you get a free go stock sign when up. you do that you get a free stock as well right so like please go do that because if we keep doing that guys we can have an account of 20 30 40 50 thousand dollars pretty quick here even without making great trades right as and, far and as so i know we are the only channel on youtube that takes affiliate money and then puts it in an account for their viewers like not keeping any of it oh one more thing before i go buy these Katy perry tickets um we are going to have kayla uh, listen it was it was a new weird thing that we did last week we, we launched our first kind of helped our first new youtuber in the finance sector kayla uh robin hood kid uh we aired that episode on dumb money the og channel i don't know what we're gonna do going forward we're thinking about maybe just giving these creators launching them on their own channels we're working with them to figure out what they want um so they can start building their own channel a little quicker but either way, uh, she's part of the community now, and I want to really bring her into the community. And I know she's really big into crypto and all this stuff, but like, 
Let's talk to her in person in a raw session this Friday on uh, the Dumb Money Discord. I think it's at noon, right? Uh, she's going to host like a clubhouse style conversation in Discord. I'll be there as well. Uh, the Dumb Money Discord. Uh, uh, it's going to be um, at noon central uh, this Friday. Okay, noon. Noon, noon, so 1 p.m. Eastern this Friday, hop in the Dumb Money Discord, hang out with us. I have a lot of questions for her as well, but I'll leave most of the questions up to the community to ask her. So if you want to ask her a question, uh, where is she headed with this whole thing? What would you like to see her kind of do in terms of these kind of vlog style episodes, whether it's crypto or do we want to try to like convince her to like start doing more social arb? I know I do. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll kind of put some hard, like, why aren't you doing social arb? Why all the crypto stuff? I don't know. Let her do what she wants to do, but let's, let's have a talk with her this Friday. Um, and see how that goes. So please uh, get in the Dumb Money Discord at 1 p.m. Eastern this Friday. Let's have a clubhouse style conversation with Kayla. It'll be a voice conversation. So, um, awesome. Dave, do you want to talk about what you're doing? You're you're going to be traveling all over the place, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm traveling pretty much uh, as much as I can, staying in Airbnbs whenever possible. Um, but yeah, next week we'll, or actually, I leave, I leave tomorrow, so we'll, we'll be doing a show uh, on the road. And uh, I built this crazy contraption so that I can set up quicker because the last time I did this, we did the van life adventure. Um, when was that? Like J January, late December, January. Uh, we, I basically had to set up, it took 45 minutes to get the camera and a monitor and the, everything plugged in, mics. And, so I've, I've wired everything together into one box, basically, that I plug in to my computer and it should be good to go. Is that what you're using you right now? Can I'm not using it now. That's why it's looking a little well, different right now. Um, you should take can it, show it, show it or, or can you tweet out a picture? I, I will tweet it's out a picture. Let me wild. see if I... I texted yeah. you, you a picture. You texted it to first, me, Dave. You texted I, it to I'm going to take so that and see if I can drag that onto the uh, screen here. So this... Uh, hang on. Oh, Robinhood news. People are asking. Robinhood just announced that they're going to announce their IPO next week. That's so exciting. Yes. That is exciting. So yeah, here's my all-in-wonder ca camera oh, system. That is, that's neat and tidy. I think that looks it's really all nice. neat and tidy. It's all wired together, and uh, yeah. I won't have to unplug or replug anything. And the best part is it all fits inside of this case. That's awesome. Which I can carry on an airplane. Yep. And basically this one silver wire plugs into my laptop, and the whole thing is battery-operated, and it has wireless mics. It has two wireless mics, so if we ever travel, if I ever go back to uh, Graham Stephan's house, we'll... Oh, there's way too much crap on screen now. Um, let's get rid of that one. That one. Okay. But yeah, I'll be able to basically take this out of the suitcase, put it on a tripod, plug it in, and we'll be streaming live. I love it. I love it. That's so great. I because I, I have this, I have this Mexico like, trip. I then have. Um, oh, you're. Are you, you have a hard stop. No, I know. You can keep going. I'm just gonna. You're gonna lose like my attention in 32 seconds when I have to try to grab these. We tickets. can. We can wrap up. <laughs> Basically, I'm traveling to uh, Mexico. I'm travel. We're doing another road trip adventure. I, we're gonna go to. Um, if you're in Arkansas, or I think we're gonna be in uh, in Kentucky, in uh, Michigan. Uh, if you ever, if you wanna, if you wanna come see Dumb Money live on the road. Check my Twitter at Dave Hansen. That's all. Oh, and then after that, so that's uh, what is this? May. So that's June, July. Uh, we're going to the Hamptons. August, we're going to Maine. September. No, I don't even know if we have September planned yet. But uh, basically, I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna get a lot of use out of that all-in-one camera system. 
And I'm very happy about that Robinhood news as a uh, pre-IPO shareholder of that I, as well. I think the IPO is going to be huge. We'll see. We will do an episode on that for sure. Oh, for sure. And I'm, am I allowed to wear my Robin Hood shirt again? Or is that uh, still nope. a no? For IPO, I think so. Our our fans will revolt. You. Uh... No, I think everyone's cool everyone's now. Everyone's over that now. Robin Hood. No, no you, you, <laughs> yeah, people, people forget. People forget. I mean, you, they lock you out of your account. A week later, people forget. They don't let you sell. They don't let you sell your AMC or, what, or G, G, GameStop. Is that G, GME? People yeah. forget. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for oh, this go. one. We are Dumb Money. Thank you guys so much for watching. We will see you here probably on Thursday, but subscribe because that's the only way to know when we're really going to be on and turn on notifications. See ya. <laughs>